Hi, everybody. This is Chip Taylor, and uh, you are listening to the Church of the Trainwreck. And I guess according to our schedule, this is supposed to end our summer season uh, with the eighth pod- podcast here. And uh, a couple of things. First of all, we might uh, pick it up pretty quickly to go into a fall season. I think we will do that. And the other thing is is that uh, several people have been uh, questioning whether they can hear the songs that we've been playing in the podcast. We've been we've been uh, featuring songs from an album called New York to Norway and Back and some from an album called Dad and the Monkey, which uh, I think, and Chuck, uh, the Church of the Trainwreck, the voice of the Church of the Trainwreck will tell you at the end of this as to what's available. But I think New York to Norway and Back is now available on all Spotify sites and including Spotify and Apple and the rest. Uh, and, and probably CDs will be available soon. I'm not sure, but the, Chuck will tell you about all of that. Let me get on with this uh, podcast. And uh, this is one uh, uh, I was thinking about for a while, and it's a sensitive one. It's about my father. and uh, But I uh, I ended up uh, uh, writing a little song about it, and, uh, and now I want to tell you that story. Uh, when we were growing up, then now we, my brother Barry, my brother John, and the family name is Voigt, Barry Voigt, uh, wonderful, went to Penn State, he's an amazing volcanologist, one of the most revered scientists, invented the formula that predicts when volcanoes will erupt, and good guy, and John's a nice fellow, and, and kind to people, and uh, he's the actor in California, John Voigt, Midnight Cowboy, Coming Home, Deliverance, all those wonderful movies. Brilliant actor, and he'll do anything for for people. He's kind. Okay, so uh, where was I? Uh, when uh, the boys went their way, John being an actor and Barry going into the mountains and volcanoes, uh, I was home. Uh, I was... Uh, uh, home is New York, and I live with my wife Joan and my two kids, Christian and Kelly, and a nice, nice little place in Westchester. And I would, I was in the music business. I would write songs and uh, go into the city and try to sell my songs when I was in school, and, and finally got my niche there and wrote some hits. And I was going back and forth into the city. We lived not that far, Joan and I and the kids, Christian and Kelly did not live far from mom and dad, just a couple of miles. And and so we got the benefit of, the, of of what my brothers and I got the benefit of. Dad and mom would come to visit, uh, charm the kids, and uh, dad would tell them stories every night, like he used to tell us. And so it was wonderful to be around, as I did my work, to be able to be around my mom and dad so much. And my wonderful wife, Joan, who was the, the link for all the Voigt boys and uh, a wonderful person. Anyway, this one day when Joan and uh, Mom and the kids were doing something, I don't know what it was, I was uh, sitting with Dad in, the, in, the, in the, uh, the kitchen area, which has a sofa. I'm looking at it right now. as has a sofa and little pillows. And we were sitting there and just talking about things and then not saying things. We just didn't talk, talk. It was like a, a, a nice kind of conversation, you know, a lot of some silence in between. And then, then one 
part of the conversation, Dad, was quiet for quite a bit. And then he said, you know, Jamie, he called me Jamie. My original name was James Wesley Boyd, Jamie. He said, you know, there's one thing in life I, I really, really regret. It's, it's the thing I regret most. I said, oh, tell me, you want to tell me about it, Dad? He said, well... Now, Dad was a golf professional. I think I've told you that in other podcasts. He was a poor kid that hopped the fence, got caddied, and some members gave him some clubs. He became a revered golf professional, uh, teaching professional. What a benefit for the boys that he wasn't out on tour. Uh, and a benefit for the golfing community because he was the head of the PG, Metropolitan PGA section for a while. And in his capacity there, he introduced legislation back in 1960 to stop the prejudice that was going on. There was a Caucasian clause in, in the Bible of the PGA that said you, you, gotta have, you couldn't be black to, to do, get all the benefits and play in certain tournaments and use locker rooms. And Dad was so opposed to that and angry to that, about that. And he used his power in a good way and it helped uh, the next year it was passed. He, he introduced it in 68 and 61 it passed. So anyway, good for Dad. But he, uh, where the heck was I now? <laughs> he, he told me about this regret he had in life. Uh, and it, it goes like this. He was, Dad liked to teach at the 16th hole. Uh, he didn't like to teach at the driving range. He gave his lessons on this, under the shade of a tree on the 16th hole which meant there was a lot of talking going on between him and the person he was giving lessons to because uh, there'd be somebody teeing off and playing their second shots in the 16th hole. So Dad would talk a lot to the person. He was more like a psychiatrist, maybe, you know, of, of golf, uh, and uh, revered by the members. And so he, that's the way he would give his lessons. So it was half hitting golf balls and half listening and talking with my father, which... Um, must have been a nice thing to do for anybody. One day, he said, he looked over from the 16th tee, and he saw by the road which entered the golf course about 40 yards away, there was a person standing there that Dad kind of recognized as an old friend of his from the school days. And uh, he wasn't quite sure, but he thought so. And anyway, he was just staying there. It looked to Dad like... He didn't want to come closer because he didn't want to interfere with what Dad was doing. So after Dad gave the lesson, he walked over, and he did recognize the fellow. He said, gee, it is you. I haven't seen you in such a long time. How are you doing? And uh, the fellow said to him, uh, actually, Elmer, I'm, I'm not, not doing very good. I have a drinking problem, and I have... Uh, walked five miles to see you. I just started thinking about you and how kind you were. And I always liked you. And I thought maybe you would help me. I need, I need a bottle of whiskey. And I don't have any money. And Dad said uh, what he proceeded to do was to uh, preach to him, to tell him about the evils of addiction and how he should not bring his problems to other people. He should handle it himself and just get himself straightened out before he started bothering other people with that problem. And that was kind of it. And Dad said, 
when he left, he felt like terrible. Dad felt terrible. He said, I shouldn't have done that. It was so wrong of me. I, what I should have done, I know what I should have done. I should have gone and checked out of the golf shop and told him to wait for me, and I should have driven my car, picked him up. I should have gone down to the bottom of the hill to the liquor store, got him a bottle of whiskey, and then taken him out and had a drink with him and sit there and talk with him and let him tell me what his problems were, let him get it off his chest, something like a f real friend would do. And uh, I was a friend of his in school, and I wasn't a friend of his now. And uh, it, it, it stayed with me all this time. Uh, I did the wrong thing. So anyway, I wrote this song. And uh, it's called by a whiskey for a friend, and with with love for my father. And, uh, I'm thinking Dad might like this. Buy whiskey for a friend, and just sit there and listen. Don't go preaching to that friend You don't need that That's just an addiction If he walked five miles just to ask you Get him the whiskey And give some money to a friend To pay the pusher To pay his pusher And don't say I am your dead end you don't want that. You don't really want that. If he ran five miles just to ask you, find him the money. Help him down Help him down But don't turn him away Buy whiskey for a friend Before he died Not long before he died Chuck, maybe you can have a couple of words and tell the folks more about what is, happen is happening with the songs that they've heard. Uh, 
And I hope to see you very, all, all of you soon on the Church of the Trainwreck. I know I will. God bless. Chip, we've known each other for a long time, a very long time. I've heard many of the stories about your dad. I had not heard this one before. It's obvious that your dad was a generous man that wanted the best for his family and everyone he knew. I think many of us have been in a similar situation to what he faced with this friend, where we want to help someone and many times our first instinct is to respond with a solution to the problem. Your dad wanted to help his friend a friend with a drinking problem, turn his life around. Later he realized that this was a reach too far, and the best he could have done at that moment was to buy a whiskey for a friend and listen. Well, that song, and many others, is on the New York to Norway and back album. It has been available on all major streaming and download platforms, Spotify, Apple, and others, since the first week in August. A limited production run of CDs will be available soon on our Trainwreck website. Oh, and Dad and the Monkey, that is a another new album that should be out within 60 days. That will do it for this episode. Until the next time... So long from the church of the train wreck. Say hello to Woody Guthrie. Say hello to Town Sansan. Johnny Hank and Lefty and the wisdom of the common man. Just come on in, listen to the violin. Leave your trouble on the front porch steps. Welcome to the church of the train wreck. Oh Lord, don't need no breaking here. Oh Lord, don't need no breaking here. Up on board, you are my engineer. I've got places yet.